Well, today is February 23rd. You're listening to Born on This Day podcast. I'm Marco Timpano. And I'm joining him. I'm Amanda Barker. Oh, Amanda, today is a day that I don't, that I think is a contradiction. It's curling is cool day. How dare you? First off, cool can mean cool as in temperature. Okay. Which you do need a cool, Mm -hmm. if not cold temperature to properly curl. Sure, sure. Do you not like curling? No, I used to have to serve curlers uh, (laughs) in a bar one time and they were horrible people. So I have an Well, maybe just those people were horrible and I ended up, but they were like rude. They were rude. They were rude. They were ignorant. They were they were just horrible people. What can I say? Well, I got to tell you something. I'm a big fan of curling. Uh, it was one of the few things in gym class that we did that I really, truly enjoyed. Mm. I like curling. I like I like a good bond spiel. I even in my you know professional life as a marketing person would go to some of the chair. I worked in chair. I was community relations for a company for a while and I would go to some of these bond spiels and represent my company okay <laughs> yeah I actually really enjoy it you know why because I think most people are not good at it and it doesn't take much to be okay at it right so, okay like golf forget it I'd have no idea what sure, I'm doing sure, sure. but um, it just felt inaccessible to me or softball same thing <laughs> But for me, curling, I don't know. It just It's easier and it's fun and everybody's kind of at the same level and you're cold and then you go in and you enjoy beer. I just enjoyed it. But yeah, uh, it anyway. Sounds, it sounds like fresh hell to me. So, <laughs> Well, if you're born on today, you, uh, you have some fresh hell of your own um, because you are very compassionate, which, you know, is hard sometimes. When I you're guess. An overly compassionate person. You're also caring, but you are rational, so you can temper it. Um, you are sensible. You're quick-witted. And if you're born on February 23rd, the stars say that you are very intellectual. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, some people call her Emily Blunt and others call her Stanley Tucci's sister-in-law. <laughs> or some might call her Michael Buble's ex okay. or John Krasinski's wife. Oh, or they might just call her Emily Blunt. Well, she scored an agent while performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Edinburgh, shame. Sorry, Edinburgh Film Festival. And it led... Fringe. <laughs> Fringe Festival, yeah. You said film on the last one. Did I say film? Yeah, it's because oh I'm henpecking you. Edinburgh Film Fringe. All right, I did it now. Okay, well, anyways, she was there. She was there, yes. And it led to her appearing in the West End and on BBC television. She had her breakout year in 2006 when she performed in the TV movie Gideon's Daughter, which earned her a Golden Globe Award the same year she co-starred with Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Um, the acclaim took her to the films The Jane Austen Book Club, Sunshine Clearing, and lead roles in The Young Victoria, also in The Adjustment Bureau and Salmon Fishing in Yemen. She played the baker's wife in Into the Woods. I didn't know she could sing. And in 2018, starred in her husband, John Krasinski's film, A Quiet Place, before filling the um, intimidating shoes of Julie Andrews in the Disney sequel to Mary Poppins. She was born on this day in London, England in 1983. Yeah, she sang in Mary Poppins. As oh, well, good yeah, for her. yeah, she yeah. did a good job with it. Yeah, um, and Sunshine Cleaning, uh, you mentioned she was with it with Kate Winslet in that, I believe, which mm-hmm. is funny now that I think about it because they were both Brits acting like Americans, and uh, 
I used to do a monologue from that movie. What is that movie even about? It's about sisters, I believe, whose job it is to clean after a death. Oh, okay. So they have to go into homes and clean. Like, like brains off the ceiling yeah, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is it a good Is it a good? Film? I remember liking it. It was oh, okay. quirky anyway. I remember liking it. But yeah, that's what, and it's called sunshine cleaning. But here they are. They have to clean, you know. Right. All sorts of bodily fluids. Anyway, uh, she was a star by the time she was six years old. Remember her? She appeared opposite Sean Penn in the 2001 film I Am Sam. Remember? Oh, yeah, I Is do, that yeah. my daughter in wow. there? That's a mighty fine Sean Penn you're doing there, Amanda. <laughs> you like that? I do. <laughs> I feel like he did all his roles, like, where he just tries to make his chin touch his nose, and that's how he delivered all his lines. Anyway, after which Dakota Fanning was one of the most sought-after actors in Hollywood, loved by her colleagues for her professionalism and talent. Uh, Amy Poehler used to do Dakota Fanning on SNL, and she'd be like... What do you do? She'd interview other child stars, and she'd be like, I get raped in my next film. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, she co-starred with Denzel Washington in Man on Fire and Brittany Murphy in Uptown Girls, appeared in the box office Bomb, The Cat in the Hat, and the miniseries Taken. Later, she was in Spielberg's War of the Worlds, Hound Dog, and The Secret Life of Bees, just to name a few. She's continued working through her teen years and adulthood in the film's the Runaway, Night Moves, The Last of Robin Hood, and Ewan McGregor's directorial debut, American Pastoral. It's interesting because she had the younger sister who was really, really tall, right? right Ella right. Fanning. So she was younger, but she looked older kind of mm-hmm. deal. And she was a child actor, too. And I feel like she's kind of bigger now than Dakota Fanning. She's Elle in, Fanning, yeah, because yeah, she's in, in The Great. The Great. Right? Yeah, she's, she's so good she's in The Great. great. Yeah. We love The Great. Anyway, in 2019, she was in Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was? Yeah, she's one of the, if I'm not mistaken, one of the hitchhiking girls. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, i got to look at that. Barefoot, her feet are always Oh, dirty. and it was all about her feet. Well, everything was about feet in that movie. And starred right. in the miniseries The Alienist. She was born on this day in Conyers, Georgia, in 1994. Samara Weaving grew up all over Southeast Asia before entering Australia's acting scene first notably on four years of Home and Away before starring in the miniseries remake of Picnic at Hanging Rock. She came out to Hollywood Hollywood with the series Smilf and the film's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and in 2019 was the star of the instant cult classic Ready or Not. In 2020, she was in Ryan Murphy's Hollywood and the third Bill and Ted film. She was born on this day in Adelaide, Australia in 1992. Kelly MacDonald made her film debut in the acclaimed 1996 film Train Spotting before perf- her performance as Diane, igniting a successful and pretty steady career. She followed it with Cousin Bet and Elizabeth, later was in Gosford Park, Finding Neverland. She won an Emmy for The Girl in the Cafe. She co-starred with Oscar-winning No Country for Old Men. Uh, she co-starred in that, by the way, and starred on Boardwalk Empire, for which she's nominated for two Golden Globes. Most recently, she was in Holmes and Watson and on the series A Line of Duty, and she was born on this day in Glasgow, Scotland in 1976. Well, Amanda, she may not be your favorite Sex in the City person, <laughs> but she certainly is mine. Kristen Davis got her big break when she was hired to play Brooke on Melrose Place, but was fired after a year when producers realized that audiences hated her bitchy character. She was so bitchy, but I love that she was so bitchy. I know, I can't believe that. She's psycho. Was right? she psycho? Like, kind of. Like, she was dating the lead guy, and then she wanted to kill him. Didn't she shave her head? 
I don't had know a about a big th- scar on her head or something that, like that. I don't know about that. Maybe that was Cynthia Nixon. Anyways, <laughs> uh, this was not at all the problem with her next major role as Charlotte York, uh, the woman who's in love with love on the mega hit uh, Sex in the City. Oh, so she was always like dreamy and, and trying to. Yeah, okay. she was that girl, that friend that always just is like, oh, you found your one. Like she okay. was very much into the happily ever I after see, thing, okay. which is why her turn as a character was so great because she ended up not with the guy of her dreams, but you know, with the guy that she needed. I I really like her. Was that yesterday celebrant Kyle McLaughlin, who was not, she she originally was with Kyle McLaughlin. He was everything she wanted on paper. Yeah. But, but then she married the divorce lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Who was, you know, short Jewish. She was waspy and she had all these things that she wanted. Um, and, uh, and he just loved her for what, you know, it's just the sweetest story. I really loved it anyway. Great. But Anyways. I do maintain she was the sluttiest of the bunch. Oh, was she? She had a lot of sex. Did she date the rabbi? Yeah. Oh, she was she the one, had, the rabbi. Okay. Yeah. She had like an illicit affair with the rabbi early yeah. in. But, you know, she, she, everyone said she was so, you know, because she was all about, she was supposed to be so sweet and demure. And, right. oh, my goodness, I can't believe we're talking about these things. And meanwhile, really, to be honest, she went through she went through her share, too. So let's just be honest, folks. Okay. Well, anyways, since the show's conclusion, she made appear, she, she appeared in two follow-up films, which were terrible, as well as the shaggy doc. <laughs> the first made, one was fine. You made me watch, was it, then it must have been the second one I watch where they go to Arabia. They yeah, go to that Saudi one's Arabia really bad. Yeah, yeah, it it's terrible. bad. We all oh know it's God. bad. It just is what it is. I can't believe you made me watch that film. It was so bad. I still have nightmares. That's how bad it was. I didn't make you do anything. You willingly and excitingly went to that movie. First of all, we watched it on television. I didn't go to the actual movie. Yeah, I went it. with Daniel McKenzie. You're like, let's it's watch true. it. I'm like, what? Okay. I Anyways. actually think that was the first one that we watched. Anyway. Neither one was good. She was in the Shaggy Dog remake. Wow, what a bounce back that was. <laughs> Couples Retreat and the series Bad Teacher. She is a proud ex-alcoholic. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. In recovery, who in real life has never wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. Well, she was born on this day in Boulder, Colorado in 1965. And she's adopted um, a few kids, two kids, I think, and uh, is in a very interesting, wonderful discussion on um, uh, Jada Pinkett. Smith's The Red Table um, because she adopted she's a white woman and she adopted two children who are both black and so um, they wanted to have a really good and frank discussion with her about you know what it is about you know when you're a white woman a single white woman adopting um, you know black children so it's a really great discussion I, I definitely recommend it for all Cool. Josh Gad is best known for voicing Olaf in the Frozen franchise and for Elder Ar- Arnold Cunningham in the Broadway musical The Book of Mormon, for which he was nominated for a Tony. He made his television debut on an episode of ER before appearing on the Fox sitcom Back to You. In 2012, he starred on the short-lived sitcom 1600 Pen and appeared in The Internship, later was in The Wedding Ringer and Pixels before starring in the series The Comedians. In 2017, he appeared as LeFou in the live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast and currently appears on Avenue 5, and he was born on this day in Hollywood, Florida in 1981. 
Majel Barrett, is that how you say her name? I don't there? know. Made her debut as a shampoo demonstrator in the Jane Mansfield classic, Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter? But she became famous when she took on the role of Nurse Chapel in the original Star Trek series, which was created by her then-boyfriend, later husband, Gene Rotten- Roddenberry. Hmm. Um, she appeared in the films Westworld, Track of Thunder, and rejoined the Star Trek universe in the first and fourth films. I know who she is because I watched Star Trek. I know exactly who she is. I, I don't. don't. I just don't know her. She's a tall, elegant woman. Hmm. Um, later, she played the voice of the computer on 104 episodes of The Next Generation and the series Voyager and Enterprise. She died in 2008 at the age of six, uh, 76, but her voice appeared in the Star Trek reboot film a year later, if you can imagine, Amanda. I can imagine, and I can imagine. <laughs> she was born on this day in Cleveland, Ohio in 1932. Patricia Richardson is best known for playing Jill on eight seasons of Home Improvement, for which she was nominated for four Emmys and two Golden Globes. Crazy to think that show was nominated for Emmys. She has previously starred on the shows FM, Double Trouble, and had guest spots on Kate and Alley, The Cosby Show, and was in the Norman Jewishen film In Country. In 1997, she was in the acclaimed film Uli's Gold after Home Improvement concluded, uh, appeared on nine episodes of The West Wing, and starred on the show Strong Medicine, and she was born Born today in Bethesda, Maryland in 1951. Well, Peter Fonda was also born today, Amanda, and he had a turbulent childhood, losing his mother to suicide at the young age and breaking his back when he was six and accidentally shooting himself in the stomach when he was 10. Jeez. He studied acting in New York and made his film debut on an episode of Naked City or made his debut, I don't know if it was mm. a film uh, then became the face of counterculture when he wrote and starred in the surprise hit Easy Rider for which he was nominated for a screenplay Oscar he followed it with the films Future World, Fighting Mad The Cannonball Run and Certain Fury. He co-starred with his daughter actress Bridget Fonda in Body Rest and Motion and uh, Body Rest and Motion and won a Golden Globe for Yuli's Gold in 1997 for which he was also nominated for a Best Actor Oscar. He also won a Golden Globe for The Passion of Ayn Rind, later starred in The Runner, Boundaries and made his last film The Last Full Measure in 2009. The sa- 19, rather, the same year he died at the age of 79. He was the son of actor Henry Fonda and brother of actress Jane Fonda and was born on this day in New York City Fonda in 1940. <laughs> uh, Anne Rand was the, like, as in the author. Yeah, Anne but Rand. I don't think you pronounce her first name as Anne. Oh, do you? It's Ian or something like that. Do you pronounce her last name as Rind? Did I say right? Yeah, you said Anne Rind. Well, whatever. <laughs> it might be. Okay. Um, I didn't... Oh, so he's the brother of Jane Fonda. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, but what happened to Bridget Fonda? She was all the rage in 1992, and then what happened to her? Wasn't she in that movie like, where yeah. one girl is trying to dress up like the other girl, and they fight and stuff? Oh, I don't know Single what that... Single white female or something like that? Oh, was she? So that's two movies she was in in the 90s, but what happened to her? Wasn't she in the Tarantino film? Um whether it's a western and she breaks the guitar or something Bridget Fonda Yeah it was uh, Kurt Russell breaks a violin and wasn't that Bridget Fonda in it I'm with her I'm looking her up Bridget Okay while you're Fonda. looking her up I'm going to talk about Marie-José Crozet who studied fine arts before beginning to work in Montreal theater having her breakout role on film in the 2000 Denis Villeneuve film 
Maelstrom, for which she won a Genie Award for Best Actress. The same year, she was also in the critically panned Battlefield Earth, but three years later shot to international fame when her performance in Denis Denis Arkan's The Barbarian Invasions won her the Best Actress Prize at the Cannes Film Festival. She followed it with roles in Taking Lives, Munich, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, Cavalry, and the series Jack Ryan. Last year, she was on the show Mirage, and she was born on this day in Montreal, Quebec, in 1970. All right, this important Bridget Fonda update. Did we do? She had a birthday recently. I don't remember doing it though. No, January I, I 27th. Okay. Um, okay, so she did her last film in uh, 2002, which was just a bad TV movie, looks mm-hmm. like. Um, so she did some stuff prior to that. She was in Jackie Brown and so on, but uh, and then she. Um, she married the guy from Oingo Boingo and yeah and they had a son together and then she had a serious car crash oh wow um, just prior to that um, where she fractured a vertebrae but that's it I don't know so I guess she's she, she wasn't in got, the, hate, the Hateful Eight. Is that what it was called? Mm, the Hateful Eight. She might. No, I know who you're thinking of. And no, that's who am I you, you're thinking of? of like Ali Sheedy or um, wasn't Ali Sheedy though? Well, you can look up the Hateful Eight. Jennifer Jason Lee, who yeah, was the other not, single white female. I see. All right, now that we got our single white females in order, Amanda, we can continue. Uh, Aziz Ansari began performing comedy in 2000 while still a student at New York University. He later co-created and starred on the MTV sketch show Human Giant. He had roles in The School for Scoundrels and I Love You Man before becoming known for his role as Tom Haverford in the NBC series Parks and Recreation. In 2015, he created and starred on the series Master of None, winning a Golden Globe and two Emmys. He published the book Modern Romance also in 2015 and then made headlines in January of 2018 when a woman was interviewed in an article for Babe.net in which she described going on a date with Ansari that resulted in sexual misconduct. That's right. That's a right. highly controversial um thing. The case became a heated talking point about gray areas and the issues of consent. Absolutely. Bringing criticism to Ansari as well as speculation of the article's author Katie Way's journalistic standards. In 2019, he released his fifth comedy special. He returned to Parks and Recreation for a special episode last year. Uh, And I think a lot of people were like, he shouldn't be canceled. And, you know, if he... uh, was back um, doing the special Parks and Rec episode and then did a comedy special. I think he's fine. Right. He was born on this day. You know, he, he went quiet for a bit. And I mean, I think it definitely changed his image. Sure. Because he had a whole book on how to how to love and how to date women right. and how to be with women only to then basically she just came out and said, yeah, he was a dick and he didn't, you know. It almost sounded like he just didn't understand social cues right? in right. general and was kind of selfish and dickly. But, you know, he won't be the first. And he certainly sure. won't be the last is how I think a lot of people feel about it. And um, whatever, that's, you know, fine. Uh, because I think it's only going to help him in the end. And uh, hopefully she's OK. He was born on this day in Columbia, South Carolina in 1983. So now he has an episode, you know, a, a, a reputation of being more of a dick. Right, but, I never liked him. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, I'm particularly not a big care for him. Like, Master Nun is fine. Um, it, it, Master Nun is made best by the people that he hired to be part of it. To be very honest, having watched it, he does nothing for me. That squeaky voice. No, I know you don't I, like I him. I feel like he just 
plays the same thing every time. I, I, I yeah. Enough. Anyways, Amanda, favorite on my list, <laughs> all right? Niecy Nash was inspired by tragedy to follow a life in comedy, saying that after her younger brother was shot to death on the campus, his high school, on his campus high school, um, the one thing she knew was that she could do it, the one thing she knew she could do is to make her mother laugh. So she got into comedy because of it. She made her film debut in the Whoopi Goldberg film Boys on the Side in 1995. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and had roles on episodes of NYPD Blue, Judging Amy, and CSI. Then from 2003 to 2009, she made her name as Deputy Renisha Williams on the comedy show Reno 911, which she w- which was followed by a film adaptation of the show. She co-starred in the film Guess Who and appeared on Scream Queens, provided voices on American Dad, and was on the show Masters of Sex and the miniseries When They See Us. Last year, she joined the reboot of Reno 911 and appeared in Mrs. America. She's been nominated for three Emmy Awards and is a spokesperson for Mavis, Mothers Against Violence in Schools, which she founded by her mother. Um, I think that's with her mother. Which was founded by her mother. Oh, it was founded was by her founded mother. By oh, I her see. Mother, okay, yeah. and then she and then she became the spokesperson. She's yeah. also in that uh, television series Claws about like um, nail technicians. Oh, she really? Yeah, and I think she just married her wife last year. I remember her walking down the oh, aisle. Oh, good for her. Well, she was born on this day in Palmdale, California, in 1970. Shakira. Baksh was a secretary whose boss encouraged her to participate in the Miss Guyana contest in 1967, which she won and then took third place in Miss World in 1968. When she appeared in a Maxwell House commercial directed by Ridley Scott, Michael Caine saw it and became obsessed with meeting her, believing her to be the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. Luckily, she lived in London, so he gave her a call. They were married in 1973. They're still together, and she's better known by her married name, Shakira Kane. She has acted a few times, appearing in Son of Dracula in 1973, playing the Princess Roxanne in John Huston's The Man Who Would Be King, starring Kane and Sean Connery, and she was born on this day in what was then British Guyana in 1947. And supposedly her hips don't lie, Amanda. Um... Nicely done, Marco. Thank you. Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. British actor Ronan Viebert uh, first got noticed on the miniseries Traffic, which was later made a film by Steven Sonberg. Uh, later played Lepidus on Rome and Giovanni Sforza on The Borgias. He had roles in the films Shadow of the Vampire, Saving Mr. Banks, and Dracula Untold. And in 2017, appeared in the Michael Fassbender mystery, The Snowman. I remember I remember trailers for that, and I, I wanted to see it. I guess I forgot about it. Hmm. Last year, he was on, the, on Carnival Row, and he was born in Cambridge, England in 1964. I need to know what this guy looks like, because he does a lot of vampire films. I wonder if he has a vampire look. <laughs> That's you next. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm doing a deep dive on Shakira Bash. And what can you tell us about her? She was very beautiful. Um, but it, apparently he, she saved his life, too. How? Uh, I don't know. You made it sound like, you know, at the end of um, what's that movie, Pretty Woman, where it's like, and then he and then she saves him right back at him. Or something yeah, like that. it's kind of like that. I okay. mean, I'm assuming he was an alcoholic. Let's just go with that. I okay, think. I'll read the next one while you're figuring that out, okay? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Adam Hanbird. What a name. Was discovered by Jodie Foster when she cast him in the lead role of her directorial debut, 
little man Tate when he was nine years old. He continued to make sporadic appearances in films throughout the years, starring in the 1995 fantasy film Jumanji, the Ang Lee film The Ice Storm, and Uninvited in 1999. His most recent appearance is in the film... Um, uh, well, that was his most recent appearance, I guess, in Uninvited. He was a fellow in the 2011 Warner Brothers TV Writers Workshop and graduated from Wesleyan University in 2004 with a degree in both psychology and film studies. Well, he was born on this day in New York City in 1982. Okay, so this, I thought she was like the lead in a Maxwell House commercial. She was apparently a background performer dancing, and he just couldn't take his eyes off her. After- off her. Right. Um, and he was with his buddy. So his heart started pounding. His palms became sweaty. When her face was shown in a close-up, he sat in front of the TV on his knees in order to see her better. And his friend said, what is up with you? And he said, this girl's amazing. And his friend's like, so? Well, now what? And he, Michael Caine said, I want to meet her. Um, and when Paul said she lives in Brazil, he said he would travel with him to go see her. And then his friend said, you're mad. And uh, he got on the earliest flight to Brazil just to go meet her. Wow. And then he filmed Blame <laughs> Wait, It on Real. Uh, but I thought she lived in England is what we said. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, while well, Amanda looks up that one, I'm, I'll do I'm the still... next one. We're, go- oh, we're on this deepest hey, after, dive of- Hang on, hang on, hang on. After he said he was going to go to Brazil, um, she, he found out that she lived in London. So we were oh, okay. right. right. Bill was right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think he – yeah, he would have drunk himself to death if it wasn't for her. Um and, uh, yeah, anyway, she's still beautiful, so there you go. Okay, well, Victor Fleming, maybe not as beautiful, but we can continue on with him. <laughs> he entered show business uh, as a stuntman in 1910, relying on his experience as a mechanic and professional race car driver. His interest in working behind the camera saw him eventually get a job as a cameraman before beginning to direct films in 1919. By the late 30s, he was a veteran professionally working for MGM, who was assigned to two movies in 1939 that made him legendary. The first, The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind, are still two of the best-known films in history, the later earning him an Oscar for Best Director. He went on to make Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Tortilla Flats, or Flat, that is, A Guy Named Joe, which was later remade as Always by Steven Spielberg, and his last film, Joan of Arc, in 1948. He died of a heart attack the following year at the age of 59. Wow, he wasn't very very old when he died. Mm. And he was born on this day in La Cañada, California, in 1889. Okay, I'm back. Okay. But that was quite a deep dive I just did. And uh, it's very, they're still together. Good. Yeah, 46 Good. years married. Is she still saving him and he's still saving her? Yeah, well, she had to she left his her career to take care of their daughter Natasha. Oh, okay. Her so career as a coffee commercial background <laughs> performer, I see. She she was a, she did some stuff. Okay. But I think they both decided his career was sort of the bigger one mm-hmm. and so uh, she traveled around with him to to be with him and uh, now he just has wine with dinner. Okay. So there you go. Diane Varsi. Does he does he only have wine with dinner? Is that? Is yeah, that apparently he doesn't drink anymore but he does have wine. <laughs> Okay. That was the sort of last part of it. Anyway, Diane Varsi, working as a waitress and dress shop model, wandering across California, was a background in a Maxwell House commercial where Michael Caine, sorry, he has two wives. No. No. 
<laughs> I just wanted it to end like that. Oh, my God. Wandering across <laughs> California until landing in Los Angeles. And she became interested in folk singing, dancing, and she enrolled in some acting classes. It's what you do in California, especially when she was there in the 50s. She married producer uh, James Dixon and made her film debut in Peyton Place in 1957, for which she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar at the age of just 19. Um, she made a few more films in the years to follow, but found the pressures of working for big studio difficult. She suffered, unfortunately, a nervous breakdown, as they called it back then, that saw her walk away from Hollywood after her contract ended in the mid-60s. She did work again, making a handful of films in the late 60s to late 70s, including Wild in the Streets and Johnny Got His Gun, making her final appearance in I Never Promised You a Rose Garden in 1977. She retired. She was never heard from again until newspapers reported her death from leukemia in 1992 at the age of just 54. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was born on this day in San Mateo, California. She was 54 and 92. How, she was young, man. Yeah, she was young. Yeah. Uh, she was 19 years old. She was born on this day in San Mateo, California in 1938. Claude Sautet trained as a painter and sculptor, worked as a music critic, and a warden in an educational facility for delinquent children before enrolling in film school and eventually becoming one of France's finest filmmakers, Amanda, Ooh. making the classic Classé du Risque, Les Choisis de la Vie, César et Rosalie, and A Heart in the Winter, or A Heart <laughs> in Winter. His last film, Nelly and Monsieur Arnard, in 1995, was among his most critically acclaimed and won him the Best Director Oscar, or Best Director uh, Award, I should say, at the Caesar Awards, which is, of course, um, France's version of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And Bill thinks it's a masterpiece. So we should see that. Nelly and Monsieur Arnard. If we saw everything that Bill thought was a masterpiece. Bill thinks everything. Bill's not, it's not true. He doesn't exercise any discretion with what he thinks so, is a, it's is really a masterpiece. Not so, it's so not true. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, he died five years later, Amanda, sadly, oh at the age of 76. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see okay. They're building more of that. <laughs> uh, he was born on this day in Montrouge, France, in 1924. Well, what a what a day! What you know? a day! What a Shakira! Some, some, someday, you you just dance your little bun off in a Maxwell House commercial, and you end up married to Michael Caine. I can't believe we took the longest dive. Like if you told me we're gonna do. Meanwhile, Emily dive. Blunt was totally engaged to Michael Bublé, and we didn't even touch that barely. Oh my goodness! Okay, well, <laughs> listen, whoever you're engaged to, I hope you have a great February 23rd. I need a coffee. I think we're gonna go for. A I coffee. think we're gonna go for a coffee, right. and uh, if you go for a coffee, maybe. Uh, Go for a bond spiel. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Enjoy your curling today. Yeah. Well, we'll see you tomorrow on More Born <laughs> on this day.